This morning, we're going to look at a fresh start, the power of redemption in our lives. Our text is found in 1 Corinthians 1.30. We've been looking at this for the past month. And it says this, And because of God, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And we've been unpacking the power of that verse and all that is within this great salvation, as the writer of Hebrews puts it. It is a great salvation. And Paul says that because of God, you were put into Christ. If you've been put in Christ, uh, Jesus became wisdom, the wisdom of God, now in you. Jesus became the righteousness of God, now in you. Jesus became the sanctification of God, now dwelling in you. And last of all, he is our redemption of God. Amen? Amen? Praise God. So what is redemption? Redemption is a fresh start. Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption, theological words that sometimes we know in our head, but we have to live them out in our body and our life. Wisdom is right thinking. Righteousness is right living. Sanctification is a clean slate washed. And redemption is a fresh start. Everybody say, I have a fresh start. Amen. Amen. We need it, don't you? Yeah. And so we've got a fresh start in Jesus Christ. Behold, the old is gone and all things are new. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And so we're looking at a fresh start for the church, a powerful start as a redeemed people. Now, there are two great major themes of redemption in the Bible. In the Old Testament, the main theme of redemption is the exodus. In the New Testament, the main theme of redemption is the cross. And so the exodus, Israel coming out of Egypt and out of the bondage of slavery through the waters of the Red Sea and into the promised land because of the blood of the Lamb applied to the door, that's the sign of redemption that looked to Christ and His cross as the Lamb of God, His blood spilt, applied to our lives as the final act of redemption of God. These two major events are what define the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Everything within the Old Covenant is a shadow and points to this great work of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a purchase. That's what redemption means, to purchase, to buy back in ownership. And so this redemption to regain possession of was bought by the blood of the Lamb. Amen? And the blood of the Lamb, the Passover Lamb, is Jesus Christ. We see it in the Exodus looking forward to Jesus as the blood being pure and spotless. We see it in the cross of Christ being pure and spotless, obtaining an eternal salvation of our souls. And when we look to heaven, when John in Revelation 5 looked to see the Lion of the tribe of Judah on the throne was a lamb. And the very Greek specific word of that lamb was the Arneos lamb, the Passover lamb, and it says he was slain. And we will see eternally that we were bought by the blood of the lamb it's an eternal blood it's an eternal purchase and we will know this redemption as being blood bought it cost God everything 
God's word became flesh so that he could have blood within him to pay the price to redeem us from the curse of Adam and break it and redeem mankind forever. Now, let's take a look at the feasts that God would have us celebrate for these great redemption themes of Exodus and the cross. So it was at the feast of Passover that they celebrated the blood of the lamb. The lamb that was slain and the blood applied to the doorposts so that the death angel would pass over all who had the blood applied. Do you have the blood applied to your life today? Amen? That blood of Jesus Christ, we look to the cross. That's why that emblem is the emblem of Christianity. It proves and demonstrates the love of God that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, demonstrating his love for us. That blood is the symbol of Christianity. And so it's the Passover. And then we, the next feast Israel was to celebrate was Pentecost. Fifty days after Passover, they celebrated Pentecost, and that's when God gave Israel the law. Moses went on Mount Sinai, and God said, I shall be your God, and you will be my people. I blood-bought you, you're my possession, and now as a nation, here is my law, here are my decrees for you to live separate and different from all other people. You're a unique people. You're a chosen people. You're a priesthood, a royal priesthood. A holy nation called out, and Pentecost celebrated the giving of the law. Amen? And that's what God did for us through Christ Jesus. All of it pointed to that. These two feasts. Number one, blood bought, put on the doorposts. You and I have been blood bought. And there was Christ who was lifted up, and Jesus said, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And so his blood spilt for us. That's what we put our faith in. That Jesus died for us and his blood paid the price for our sin. That's redemption. Now let me ask you something. Is that blood sufficient enough or do you need to add something to it? Maybe you need to add something to it in order to be saved because the blood's just not enough to cleanse away your past because I know some of you folks some of the things you did and I heard about I don't know if just believing in Jesus's blood is enough to cover your problems you should add something to it maybe if you said a few different kind of prayers maybe if you did certain good deeds you could maybe get yourself saved Do you really think you and I could add something to the value of His blood? No. So why do we not believe in the blood to be sufficient to cleanse us from our past? If you and I truly believed we were redeemed and we have a fresh start, enough is enough with your past. You can't move forward if you're always looking at your past. Your past, Christian, does not define you. Christ does. And that's my living now and my hope in the future of what I am becoming. You live a prophetic life. You live of what you're becoming, not what you were. That's redemption. 
And that's who we are in Christ Jesus. Now, to do that, in the feasts after the Passover and they left Israel, they went through the waters of the Red Sea. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10 that they were baptized into Moses through the cloud and through the sea. Why baptism? Because baptism represents death and resurrection. Baptism represents covenant, that the two shall become one. And so Israel left their old life as slaves in Egypt and were baptized through the Red Sea, walking through the middle of that water into the promised land of God, their new identity. Do you walk in the new identity of who Christ is in your life? You were baptized, you were buried with Christ, and you were brought into a new identity. Oh, redemption is so important. You have a new identity in Christ Jesus. And we've not discovered the depths and the width of that dimension of who you are. We keep looking at each other's failures. We keep looking at each other's flesh patterns instead of recognizing who we are in Christ Jesus. We're a redeemed people. We need to celebrate that. And every day there are new mercies found in this redemption, a new cleansing. You've been baptized through the fire, baptized through the waters into the Red Sea, and that Red Sea is the blood of Jesus, now identifying you as a son of God. Last of all, they, they moved into the Feast of Pentecost, which gave them the law of God. And, and this law was going to set Israel apart from all other nations. God said that when all nations look to you, they will see that you are a unique people. They will see that you following my laws has set you apart. That if you'll obey my word, I will bless your harvests, bless your crops, bless your families, bless your coming and your going. Bless you in the city, bless you in the country. If you'll follow me, you will be more blessed above all other nations on the earth. Wow, isn't that something? And they will recognize it's God that did it, Jehovah has blessed you. You will be so blessed, you will be a light to all other nations that will draw them unto you and ask, how is it? And you will point to Jehovah God. Amen? And that was God's plan for them, but as Moses is receiving the law, something is amiss, something is disrupted, and God says, I hear the clamor of war, and Moses is going down, and they say, something's wrong. They hear this yelling and shouting and screaming and music and dancing and roaring, and he comes down and he sees Israel worshiping a golden calf. That day, 3,000 people were killed at the hands of Aaron and his sons, the priests. And his holiness and being set apart for him. The entire future of Israel was in the balance. Would they obey God? And so God had them kill those who had worshipped that false idol. 3,000 died at the giving of the law because it is a law that points out sin and it demands death. But at our day of Pentecost, when the Christians, the disciples, the apostles were bought by the blood of the Lamb 
as they were waiting in the upper room, a mighty rushing wind blew through that place and tongues of fire were over their heads and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit as the celebration of the law of God was given to Moses. Now the law of God was being written on men's hearts and the very holiness of God came into our being to dwell in us. And the difference between what was a picture of what was to come and the reality is not that 3,000 were killed by the law of God, but 3,000 were saved that day and entered into eternal life. That's the difference in those covenants. And we have the living law of God dwelling and abiding in us because the blood paid the price and now I walk by the law of God. Now I can live the law and the holiness of God by the power of the Spirit in me. I now have the ability, as I am in Christ, no longer in Adam, to choose righteousness instead of sin. Amen. Celebrate that. Yeah. And therefore, I have the benefits of the new covenant. I am a light. I am the salt of this world. I am a royal priesthood, a chosen nation. Are you? Somebody join me. Are you? Yes, we are. Listen to what Paul says in Colossians 2, 9 through 12. He says this, first of all, about this redemption. For in him, the fullness of the Godhead, the fullness of deity dwells in him bodily. He's talking about Jesus. People always ask, when you get to heaven, what are you going to see? Well, it says right here, in Christ dwells the fullness of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bodily. You'll see Him. All the, uh, who is of the Father, all of what is of the Spirit dwelt in Jesus. Jesus is the bodily, the physical representation. He is the image of the invisible God. I think that should be something worth praising God for. You know, so many people say, well, the God of the Old Testament is so mean. But Jesus is so cool. He's so nice. Jesus said, I didn't say anything or do anything of my own. It was all of the Father. So if you see Jesus, you see the Father. He is God. That is the purest representation and identity of who the Father is. It's Jesus Christ. Now listen, in Him the whole fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily, and you have been what? Filled in Him who is the head of all rule and authority. Wow, we got to get a hold of that. I do not think we are living up to the potential of what that verse says. How about you? Listen, if the fullness of the Godhead is in Jesus and Jesus is in you, something should be radically different about you and me and the church. What that says is the fullness of God is here in the earth through the body of Christ. Come on, we've got to get this. Somebody, we're not doing this. We're not working hard enough at this. We're not aware of this. We're not praying deep enough. We're not getting intimate enough. We're not expressing the fullness of God enough. Does anybody agree with that? I want to surrender to that. 
More of him and less of me. I want to know the identity of his fullness. Oh, will someone pursue that with me? Can we agree together? Let's be a church that's desiring the fullness of his deity in this house. Because where his nature is, is healing. Where his nature is, there is deliverance. Where his nature is, there is wisdom. There's righteousness, there's justice. Oh, the world's looking for all these attributes, and we hold them. We're filled. That's what redemption means. You're filled by the presence of a glorious God. He goes on and says this in verse 11. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. That is a complete reference to being cut out of Adam and away from a sinful nature. That old flesh has been cut and thrown away. The old man's put to death. You've been circumcised spiritually from the day of Pentecost and the Spirit dwelling in us. You are circumcised apart from the Adamic nature. And you are now in Christ, a new creation. All these promises of you are yours. This was a right of God. The minute you received Christ, you were redeemed from that old law. And now you're circumcised and you are a possession of God. You have a right to claim all the inheritance of God. You can call upon Him and ask Him. Because this was already done. It's not based on your IQ and how much Bible you know. It's not based on on how perfect you have walked. It's based on what Christ did for us. Call out. You have the right. The right. R-I-T-E. The right. I'm not talking about a democratic right for my rights. I'm talking about the right, R-I-T-E, the sanctified authority of God that has given you the right and sanctuary to to receive him. He goes on. He's not done yet. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. I don't know how many illustrations from the Old Testament you and I need to figure this out. We are not in Adam anymore. That doesn't define us. We are no longer sinners. We are sanctified, circumcised in Christ Jesus, dead to death and sin and the curse, alive in Christ Jesus and to the heavenly will of our calling. So put to death the flesh and the desires of the flesh and the lusts of the flesh so into the spirit that's redemption that's redemption i got a fresh start oh my gosh it's incredible he keeps going and you who were dead in your trespasses and sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh god made alive together with him having forgiven us all our trespasses except for you in the back four rows 
Is there some qualification? Maybe except for you, you just, you know, the things you did were really bad. I mean, does this give any qualification? It says all of it. You've been forgiven everything. Having forgiven us all our trespasses. Well, that was up until yesterday. No, it means all. You have a new identity. You're a new creation. You're in Christ. He canceled the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, and I love this phrase, nailing it to the cross. Let me ask you a question. What was literally nailed to the cross? You got it right? Say it a little louder. <laughs> Jesus. So here is the perfection of God and the complete failure and sin of man put upon Christ. And as Jesus was nailed to the cross, so was my sin nailed to the cross. The wrath of God against sin was nailed to the cross. The final justice of God's judgment against all unrighteousness was nailed to the cross. And that's why Jesus said, it is finished. Come on, live in that freedom. It's been nailed. It's over. It's finished. That's redemption. I am redeemed. I've been bought with a price. I've been circumcised out of the world. I've been buried to death uh, from my sin and risen in Christ Jesus. And now, finally, last of all, as I've been forgiven, I have authority. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Him. I am not a victim. I'm an overcomer. I'm a conqueror. Can we stop with the victim mentality as believers? You have power over Satan over the demonic, over the enemy. Let's live a victorious, redeemed life. Amen? Let us do that. I'll call the band back up as we prepare to continue to worship with Him. We've been filled by Him, circumcised from sin, baptized into Him, alive and free, forgiven by Him, and now we have power over the devil. I am redeemed. Say it with me. I am redeemed. Own that. Live it. Walk it out in your identity. The past is gone. So I ask you, is there an exodus that you were brought out of? Is there a present situation that has you in its bondage? God offers you redemption from it to be free. Be free. Is there a Pentecost? Is there a baptism, a filling that you need this morning? Have you been filled with Christ? Turn away from the past. It's gone. It's over. No more guilt. No more shame. Turn to the cross.